everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning, Laura. It's always good to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here today. Happy to have you. We're um, making good progress on the vaccines here in Brookings, and we wanted to touch on those this morning again. I know we talk about them a lot, but it's always changing, and there's information always to share, so that's that's great. Um, Dr. Cruz, where are we at? Well, let's talk a little bit about what herd immunity is. I know that's kind of a goal for our community is herd immunity. And so where are we at with that and what is herd immunity? So herd immunity is when enough of the people have immunity to the virus that it really doesn't spread well because there's no one, not enough people to catch it. So when you have a, a new virus, no one has immunity to it. It's easy to pass. It can pass to anybody. But when you have immunity, you can get exposed to it but not necessarily catch it. So when you have a whole herd, um, you know, imagine it as the virus being a basketball and you're trying to play basketball. And if you've got no one open to pass it to, they're all guarded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the basketball is not going anywhere. You're not making, you're not passing it uh-huh. to someone else. So if basically the vaccines are kind of the guards guarding all of you guys with, um, from the basketball or the virus being passed to you. So you can't catch it if you're being guarded. And so herd immunity is when enough people are guarded, there's really nowhere for the virus to go. Mm -hmm. You always have great metaphors, Dr. Cruz. I try. Thank you. (laughs) That's a great one. So we don't want the basketball to get passed to the next player. So -hmm. um, So, uh, those vaccines are guarding us and keeping it from getting passed to us. So what percentage of our population are we shooting for to get this herd immunity in our community? Ideally, 70 to 90% is where we would like to be to get herd immunity. Okay. So. That's yep. That's a lot of us. That's a lot of us. Yes. That's that's why the whole herd has to be in on this. Yeah. Not and just so, a few. Right. And uh, Brookings has had opportunities here in Brookings um, to go to the Swiftel Center and do mm-hmm. these large-scale events where we're doing thousands of people at a time. Right. We've had several of those. What percentage are we at um, for our community. So now. right now, 32.7% of the population has had at least one dose of the vaccine, which okay. is great. Most of those are, are uh, people, you know, ages 70 and older that seem to have, uh, you know, the first ones that were able to get it, healthcare workers, you know, those are involved in that. So now that uh, we've gotten those high risk groups, now it's time to start getting everybody else involved and everyone else that el- is eligible. And, you know, when you think about it, the vaccine's only down to age 16 for the, the Pfizer. Okay. Moderna's down to, you know, 18 and over. So then you've got like all these kids that we unfortunately can't include to our, to get to our herd immunity goal because they're not eligible yet. Now, hopefully this summer they're doing testing, you know, seeing if we can get that age down uh, safer to give to younger kids. But uh, that really puts a lot of us on the adults to step up and be adults, get this vaccine so we can protect the kids since, you know, 
they're not going to be able to add to our herd immunity population and they count their people right so to get to that 70 to 90 percent and you can't immunize you know the kids that really puts a lot on the adults to get their vaccines so um all adults are eligible now is that right yes okay so if you're 18 18 and older um you can get either the moderna or the pfizer Pfizer. here in brookings um if you're 16 or 17 year old you must get the The pfizer Pfizer. correct because that's the one that's been approved for For those those age groups okay exactly all right so if you still need to sign up for your um vaccine your first vaccine um or if you need to encourage your children or your grandchildren to get signed up uh there are opportunities um and those are coming up here i'm just going to pull up my dates here um so to learn more about those, you can go to brookingshealth.org. So brookingshealth.org backslash POD. Or if you prefer to call, you can call 605-692-2811. So that's for the, to sign up for the upcoming events, call 605-692-2811 for the upcoming vaccine events. Uh, looks like we have events coming up on April 15th and April 22nd. So the first one is tomorrow. So mm-hmm. um, if you haven't signed up yet, don't wait. Now is the time to help us reach our community goal right. of that herd immunity. Let's talk a little bit about those 16 and 17-year-olds. Um, so if they they should not sign up at the Swift Tell Center right. necessarily. Is right. that right? The Swift Tell has the Moderna. Okay. And um, so Avera Clinic here in Brookings does have some of the Pfizer, and we've been uh, working on um, getting a clinic to vaccinate the 16 and 17 year olds on April 21st and April 22nd from 3 to 5 p.m. So that, if you register for that, again, we're not doing walk-ins. You need to register on the Avera website. So it's avera.org slash COVID vaccine. And you can get set up for that. So those are the ones that we have. And the other big thing in the news has been the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, mm-hmm. uh, where the FDA and CDC has said they're putting a halt on uh, giving those. So at, at one point we were, we were going to do the, a vaccine uh, drive with the Johnson & Johnson because that's the one dose. But okay. out of an abundance of caution, we're waiting until CDC and FDA uh, say yes or no whether we can. Because that one has been associated with uh, some blood clots. Mm-hmm. Now the other ones, the Pfizer, Moderna, have not uh, shown that correlation. And it literally was six cases out of 6.8 million. So mm-hmm. it's literally a one in a million occurrence. But uh, given that it was um, blood clots in the brain, yeah and uh, causing the platelets, the blood clotting cells, to go really, really low, dangerously low. Um, That has been the reason that that literally was put on hold yesterday. So that is the latest breaking news on vaccines. So Pfizer and Moderna, still okay. Johnson & Johnson, we're not giving. Now we're, they're reassessing risk. Okay. And that was the newest one to come on the market. So that's where we're at there. And what, from what I understand, the Moderna and Pfizer are a different type of vaccine. Correct. They yep. use different mm-hmm. method than what than the seeing. Johnson & Johnson. Yep. Okay. So that's in different cell lines. So they're completely different from each other. So, and that's why Johnson & Johnson is a one dose, Moderna and Pfizer are two dose. So they are very 
different from each yes. other. So don't be concerned with the Johnson & Johnson issues crossing over into the Moderna okay. or Pfizer. And um, of course, millions of people are getting the Moderna and Pfizer, and mm -hmm. we haven't seen any major complications. Not significant ones work. that, okay. no. All Most right. people are saying, you know, a little achy, sore arm, some right. swelling in the lymph nodes in the armpit, you know, tired, low-grade fever. And usually that's for a day, two at most. Mm -hmm. um, usually the second vaccine has a little bit more robust uh, reaction. And I always say if you're feeling symptoms, that's a sign that, one, your body has identified the vaccine, and two, it's your immune system's doing something about it. So mm -hmm. that's actually a sign that it worked. Yes. So if you've got robust symptoms... Say, yep, my immune system is kicking into high gear and doing something about this. Yep, excellent. All right, well, it's time for us to go to our first break. But yes, just one more reminder, if you have not yet signed up for your COVID vaccines, you may do that on the Brookings Health website, and it is time for us to do that. Well, we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605 692 1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. It is important as we age to add strength training to aerobic exercises. These activities will help you build strength, maintain bone density, and improve balance, coordination, and mobility, and reduce the risk of falling so that you can stay independent and perform activities of daily life. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings about strength training and get started today. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 692-1430. We did have a couple of questions come in, so we're going to get to those now. The first question says, is it all right to take the store brand versions of Tylenol and Advil? Are they as good as the regular ones? So the generic version of a medication has to have the identical amount of the brand name. So Tylenol is acetaminophen, Advil is ibuprofen. So the active ingredients have to be identical in the generic versus the brand. What can be different in those is what we call the fillers or the inactive components. So um, in certain medications, some people are more sensitive to things that are in the fillers, the non-active parts. So are they as effective to each other? Yes. May you have more of a side effect or reaction to the inactive parts of the medication, potentially. Um, but they, they are as effective as each other. There are some people, especially with thyroid medication, they are very specific where the brand only works for them and they get side effects to the generic. With Tylenol, ibuprofen, Advil, acetaminophen, I really haven't seen any difference um, that patients have ever reported to me between the brand and the generic. They should be equivalent. And yes, if you wanna pay for Tylenol's marketing strategy and pay a higher dose because of that brand recognition, go right ahead, that okay. is fine. Mm -hmm. But if you wanna get the, you know, um, Walmart brand or, you know, which is Equate um, or, you know, the Lewis brand or the Hy-Vee, mm -hmm. you know, generic brand of acetaminophen instead, that is absolutely fine. Okay. All yeah. right. So nothing to be concerned about, nope. safety issues, anything like that. It's all nope. fine. The, mm -hmm. the active ingredients, so they should be equally effective. Mm -hmm. It's just if you're allergic to certain of the non um, 
active ingredients, you know, you may notice more side effects or upset stomach with, with those. But honestly, that's very, very rare that that happens. Mm -hmm. So I would say try the cheaper stuff. And if you don't have any issues, feel free to use it. Okay. Sounds good. I know I always look at that too when I'm at the, in that aisle and mm -hmm. I see like, I don't know, there's like a hundred different options for Tylenol. Yep. I'm like, well, okay. Yep. So which guy do I watch? I, I know. And oh, if you look at cough and cold medicines, it's a hundred yes. different. And I had a very wise uh, teacher one time in um, medical school said, do you know why there's a hundred different versions of cough and cold medicines? Because none of them work really good. If one worked so <laughs> <laughs> significantly better than the rest everyone would buy that one and the rest yes. would go out of business so yep i would say work with what works with your budget and um, what you can get a hold of so they should be fine yeah perfect sounds good uh we had another question that came in i think maybe even um towards the end of week. last yep. week and we didn't get to it last week so we're just going to follow up today the question was how can a series of mumps shots stop the herpes virus or cold sores yep so that the mumps vaccine is in the MMR, so measles, mumps, rubella, and it can't because the cold sores is a herpes virus and the mumps virus or MMR is the mumps virus. Okay. So um, the two are not related to each other. So an MMR vaccine would not do anything um, considering most people have received the MMR vaccine because you start it when you're a year old. Yeah. Um, and this is vaccine has been out for decades. Um, and you can see there's a lot of people in the um, general population that have cold sores. So different viruses, vaccine for one would not protect you against the other any more than the MMR would protect you against chickenpox. So. Okay. Now, cold sores are terribly annoying and they are. often uncomfortable. What can we do to help prevent cold sores? So um, basically, cold sores tend to creep up when your body's immune system is challenged. So if you're stressed, tired, sick with something else, that tends to be when they pop up and okay. rear their ugly heads. A lot of times this virus will remain kind of dormant in your body. And then when your immune system can't keep it under control, it flares up. So the best thing to do is when you first notice the tingling or the symptoms of the cold sore coming out, talk to your doctor and talk about getting treated. If you wait till it's a rip roaring giant blister, mm -hmm. it's harder to get under control and you have a lot of irritation and pain. There is some over-the-counter um, medications called Abriva. That one's really good for helping with the cold sores on the lips, uh, you know, kind of calming it down. And again, if you catch it right away, um, that usually helps. I will have people sometimes use the Abriva and um, the prescription medications like the Veltrex, uh, the Valcyclovir, Acyclovir, um, that you can get from your physician with a prescription. And people that get this frequently, uh, a lot of times they'll just have kind of a standing order with, you know, refills and say, okay, when you first notice that tingling, get it filled at the pharmacy right away and, and start taking it. Usually it takes two doses. Okay. You know, if you get it right at the start and it'll suppress it and prevent that cold sore from even breaking out. Okay. So, so it's not necessarily a medication you would take all the time. It is just something that when you sense that you're getting this cold sore, that is the time to take for, the medicine for the most part okay. i would say that works for the majority of people some people okay. that get really bad uh especially genital herpes yep um where we're not talking you know a little bit more sensitive area mm -hmm. those people can be on these medications for um 
preventative and suppression okay. therapy. So that lowers the risk of spreading it to a partner. But when we're talking about the cold sores on the lips, generally people just take those kind of as needed. Um, unless you're a really unlucky person that's getting breakouts, you know, monthly. And okay. then we would say, you know, why don't we just prevent these from happening in the first mm -hmm. place? Mm -hmm. All right. And um, spreading cold sores, is that something we need? Is that wa sharing water bottles yep, and things it's like that? Spread through saliva, spread through um, sores in the blister. So, okay. yep, try not to uh, share anything that goes in your mouth. So cups, glasses, straws, toothbrushes, yep. that sort of thing. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you for those questions. We're going to go to our next break. If you have a question, please do give us a call at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Shingles, also called herpes zoster, is a painful rash disease. Shingles can lead to severe nerve pain called postherpetic neuralgia that can last for months or years after the rash goes away. Shingles is caused by the varicella zoster virus, the same virus that causes chickenpox. If you've had chickenpox, you can get shingles. Almost one out of three people in the United States will develop shingles in their lifetime. You can get shingles at any age, but it's more common in older adults. Older adults also are more likely to have severe disease. The Center for Disease Control recommends that people age 50 and older get the shingles vaccine called Shingrex. Set an appointment to discuss shingles with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. On today's show, we've been talking about COVID-19 vaccines and that they are available to anyone 16 and over. So if in South Dakota, so here in Brookings, we have opportunities for COVID vaccines starting tomorrow, if you haven't signed up yet. And you can learn more about those by going to brookingshealth.org backslash POD. So it's, it's your turn. If you haven't had your shot yet, um, you can do that um, now and be part of the solution as we work towards herd immunity. Uh, we also had a couple questions come in, so thank you for those. And we're going to talk now a little bit about our Prairie Doc topic this week, which is substance abuse, addiction, um, and recovery. And that is going to be the, the television show for tomorrow night on SDPB. Dr. Cruz, what are we seeing with substance abuse during the pandemic? Uh, I think a lot of people have been self-medicating to deal with stress because uh, definitely anxiety and stress uh, in a survey, 51% of people reported an increase in stress. Mm -hmm. So we, we all know everyone's dealing with more stress, more anxiety, you know, talking about financial issues, worrying about their health, worrying about loved ones, isolation, working from home, remote schooling. I mean, there's all of these issues that have added a lot of extra stress and um, one of the ways that people deal with stress, uh, you know, there's healthy ways and then there's less good choices. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, 
some people have been turning more to alcohol. So, uh, you know, turning to alcohol, turning to drugs to um, just kind of get away and escape for a while from all that stress. So it can be, you know, an unhealthy coping mechanism, especially if it goes to extremes with, with alcohol or, you know, if you're using illegal drugs. Um, to use to cope with that. So there definitely has been an increase in mm-hmm. substance abuse and substance use. Um, and, and there's, it's a spectrum. It's, you know, not everyone that drinks is an alcoholic, not everyone, you know, who has smoked marijuana is, is, you know, going to end up being addicted and unable to stop when they want to. It's very hard um, to say, you know, at what point does it become a problem? And I think that's, what the show is going to kind of talk about because there are a lot of people that we call functional alcoholics. So the idea of an alcoholic being someone who's passed out under an overpass, drunk, mm-hmm. homeless, you know, that that's easy to say, oh, you've got a problem. But the person that's, you know, showing up to work every day, you know, not getting into trouble with the police and, you know, then they come home and then drink till they pass out. You know, they would say, I don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if it's affecting their relationships, affecting their family, you know, their their spouse might say something different. Their friends and family might say something different. Their children might say something different that, you know, that is a problem, even though you're not seeing any negative consequences with your job or with, you know, law enforcement, you know, because you're drinking at home because, you know, at mm-hmm. one point everything was closed. Um, but that's still, you're affecting your liver, you're affecting your health, you're affecting your brain. You know, all of those things are being affected with that, uh, what we would call excessive drinking or binge drinking. Mm-hmm. And so if someone is, if, the, if someone identifies themselves as having this problem, or if you have a loved one who you're really concerned about, what what's the first step? Where do you start? Yeah, so I would say um, definitely there's lots of treatment facilities in South Dakota, Keystone and Canton is one. My mother worked there for years as an aftercare coordinator. Um, so you can talk to that. Um, there's treatment centers, I believe, up in Aberdeen, in Watertown. Um, I know Brickings um, Behavioral Health and Wellness does some uh, things with alcohol and uh, drug abuse treatment. Um, you know, Avera Behavioral Health does things with treatment and recovery. Actually, they're building a brand new recovery center. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Yankton, uh, the BHS also does, um, Behavioral Health Center uh, does things with uh, recovery and abuse. So there's lots of resources out there. Out in Rapid City, they've got a really great program that actually does some telemedicine. Um, that I've actually hooked a patient up, and we did telemedicine with them to mm-hmm. help get treatment. So those are um, all good questions. So talk to your doctor and we can help with resources and our coordinated care team at Avera is really good at at hooking people up with options. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I feel like every time I go to the doctor, I have to fill out a survey, like how many times did I drink in the last week or something like that? Um, Is that something you use as a kind of guidance? It's a start of the conversation. Uh Yep. Yep. It's definitely a start to the conversation to say, you know, do you have concerns? And a lot of things we start is what's called a cage questionnaire. And um, CAGE is kind of an acronym here. And C, do you wish that you could cut back? Okay. So do you feel that, oh, my gosh, I, I should probably cut back? So A is annoyed. Are people around you annoyed by your drinking? Do you feel annoyed by how much you're drinking? You know, is your spouse nagging you? Uh-huh. So C-A-G, do you feel guilty? 
Do you say, oh, God, I, I shouldn't have done that. I wish I hadn't. Or, you know, I, they, you feel a lot of guilt and shame around what you're doing. And then E is eye opener. Do you need something first thing in the morning or do you feel sh jittery, shaky, sweaty, um, you know, basically signs of withdrawal? Mm -hmm. So if you're scoring, you know, answering several of those positive two or more, then that's something we need to dig a little deeper into that. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Very good. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio, and we will return following this message from Avera Medical Group. If you have a question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. Stroke is the fifth leading cause of death in the United States. A stroke occurs when a clot blocks the blood supply to part of the brain or when a blood vessel in or around the brain bursts. In either case, parts of the brain become damaged or die. Stroke can cause weakness or numbness of an arm or leg on one side of the body or even one side of the face. It can also affect speech, language, vision, memory, emotions, and behavior. Talk with your provider about stroke prevention. Call the Vera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. You can give us a call in these last few minutes at 605-692-1430. Our Prairie Doc topic this week that we'll be talking about on the television show tomorrow night focuses on substance abuse and addiction and recovery. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about how um, we're seeing an increase in alcohol use, you know, during the pandem pandemic. Um, what are we seeing with kids and teens and substance abuse? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think that vaping has been the new big thing mm -hmm. that uh, has come onto the scene. And unfortunately, that we're seeing that's having lots of really bad lung effects on people you know smoking it took decades for you to end up seeing that lung damage vaping it can take a matter of years really so hmm. yes so I, I always say if you want to um, kill yourself slowly smoke if you want to kill yourself quickly vape hmm. I mean because their lungs um, end up calling what looks like popcorn lungs I mean the lungs are just destroyed hmm. within a matter of one or two years with the heavy vaping so definitely I really worried about uh, kids and vaping that's always something important to talk about uh, marijuana again is something that a lot of uh, teenagers experiment with um, not all thankfully uh, but again when you're talking about teenagers their prefrontal cortex the area of the brain responsible for reasoning and good decision making is not fully developed that doesn't get fully developed until you're 21. Mm. so now you've introduced these substances you know with alcohol, you know, vaping, marijuana, you know, and and now you add poor judgment making on top of poor judgment making. Mm -hmm. So you, I worry about teenagers and risky behaviors, you know, either risky sexual behaviors, risky driving, you know, uh, doing risk taking things, you know, this is the kids that are jumping off the bridge because that's where the kegger party is at and then they end up drowning. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really um, cognizant that, you know, they're, at a disadvantage to begin with when it comes to good decision making just because their brain literally is not developed yet mm -hmm. to make good choices because you say oh my gosh what were you thinking they literally weren't mm -hmm. and then you add on top of a substance that further inhibits their decision making or reasoning 
and then you really end up, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's just a great reminder. There's so many, there are so many resources out there, and I know the schools are doing a lot to address this and whatever, but a good reminder to, um, if you have a teen uh, or a young adult, to have them have a relationship with a physician too, because I, I know you guys do bring it up, and mm-hmm. I think uh, from what I understand, sometimes you ask mom and dad to leave the room, and you can even yeah. have an honest conversation to help yeah. um, kids understand the risks that yep. they are taking. And one thing I always tell parents and teens, come up with a code, some sort of code. Some, pick an emoji that you're never going to otherwise use. You know, pick the, the Swiss flag. Uh-huh. You've got it in there. You're never going to use it for anything else. If your teen texts you that, that means I have gotten in over my head. I need help. Please get me out of this situation. Mm. Use the GPS, the find my phone, right. you know, and get me out of here. And then they can leave and still save face. You know, mm-hmm. it can be, oh, mom drug me out of here. I am so sorry, guys. Sure. That was, you know, I don't know how she found me. Oh, she must have searched mm-hmm. myself. And then have that conversation at a later date. But mm-hmm. that is an SOS. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to get out of this help. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can do that, you know, I, I hope someday my kids would feel comfortable enough to do that Mm -hmm. i mean i actually had that happen to me when i was a a teenager i ended up in a spot where i just i didn't feel comfortable of course i had to find a payphone yes (laughs) make a collect call to my parents (laughs) and say please come pick me up because Mm -hmm. i don't like the way that this because things can start out really innocent and fun and then all of a sudden get out of hand very quickly so now everyone's got their phone talk to your parents and say come help me Mm -hmm. i love that great recommendation and if your friend steals your phone they're like what the heck is that i don't know i butt dialed yeah you know and it's not saying help mom i need you to get me out of here i'm scared right you know yeah that's great great advice well our half hour has flown by again dr cruz always thank you for being here before we go please be sure to tune in to south dakota public broadcasting television and the prairie doc facebook page for on call with the prairie doc most thursdays starting at 7 p.m central You can watch this Thursday, April 15th, as Prairie Doc host Deborah Johnston is joined by Malia Holbeck from the Avera Addiction Care Center and Dr. Vivek Anand from Avera Medical Group University Psychiatry Associates of Sioux Falls to answer questions about addiction and recovery. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.